Hello, and welcome to Back Issue Spotlight on the Comic Book Page Podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, we'll be having a spoiler-filled discussion about an older comic book storyline. In this back issue spotlight, I'm joined by James, and we're going to be discussing Batman the Three Jokers, or I guess it's just Batman Three Jokers. Anyways, published in 2020. James, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you doing, John? I am doing well. Now, the concept of there being three Jokers was introduced in Justice League number 50, which was part 10 of Dark Side War. Oh, yeah. Released on May 25th, 2016. Okay. Now, DC Universe Rebirth number one was released that same day, but takes place after Justice League 50. I mean, mm-hmm. like, maybe almost immediately after. But it took over four years for this whole concept of Three Jokers to get addressed in this miniseries. Yeah, that's a long time. That's a crazy long time. Pardon the, <laughs> the, the phrasing or whatever. Yeah. I guess my first question for you, before we even really dive into the story... Does the concept of there being three Jokers work for you? It works. I don't understand the reasoning behind it, why they'd want to do that. And it almost felt like it took on a um, a Highlander aspect in here where they talk about, <laughs> you know, you see that that spread where there's 30 pictures. You're like, oh, my God, the, the, you know, the quickening. They're all they're all. Getting, yeah, we're building the perfect Joker here. It's it, that got kind of weird. I honestly don't know the, the reasoning for it, because. You have a nemesis or, or arch nemesis of Batman. He's unique. He's been shown in different ways. The only thing I can think is because he was like corny and zany, clown-like at one point, and more serious in different takes, this is their way of explaining it. Hey, hey, there were three of them. Yeah, if they're trying to answer a continuity question that nobody's really asking of why did he change over the decades, this does that. It does, it, but I, it's not a question I was asking. I don't know if it was a question anyone was asking. Did this work for you? Do you like the concept of the three Jokers? I don't really like it. I mean, it removes the uniqueness of the Joker. It does. And it also kind of sort of makes him immortal in a weird sense, as long as the process to make more Jokers survives. Yeah, because you literally almost see someone turn into a Joker in the book. Mm-hmm. Where we're basically, hey, this would be a perfect Joker, and the other Jokers are trying to create another one. And to me, I'm just like, that's bizarre. Maybe if they had killed him off and the Joker was dead in the DCU and maybe to explain here's how he was created and somebody, a cult of people who really liked the Joker created a new, more powerful one. But that that hasn't happened. Well, and there have been times he was presumed dead and one or two times he really should have been dead. And this could arguably explain how he always came back. Very true. But it didn't feel like they referenced that concept at all. But no. just there had been three Jokers as of some point in time. It was a little vague, a little weird, and it, it really raised a number of questions for me throughout the reading of this. Exactly. I, I, I agree with you on all those points. And, and it leaves it open to a, a possibility of more Jokers in the future. And I don't know why you'd want to leave that door open. I don't see a, a reason to leave that door open. And it was kind of left open here. I almost would not have gone with Batman Three Jokers as the title, but almost play up the concept of Crisis on Infinite Jokers. 
or of infinite jokers yeah because when they got to that spread page you know where they're where mm-hmm. they're i think that was issue three where you see the 30 jokers yeah. I, I just saw 30 the highest number i was expecting to see 52 and then yeah that could be like a multiversity thing or, or, or there could be an infinite number of jokers on multiple earths out there and maybe that would have made more sense to me than we're just gonna dip people in the frying vat and pull them out and here's a new one yeah i mean this didn't all of these jokers were of the same reality so no 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 parallel worlds were involved in this correct which i think was good but i would have chalked up the the criminal joker as having been the one from earth 2 or something but the whole concept of you can instantiate a new joker at any point again cheapens the character it it really does i mean me personally i i see the joker's unique character clowns are creepy to a lot of people mm-hmm. you know for what for whatever reason and so you have this clown like creature along with some you know insanity a lot of insanity yet not not stupid insane but very intelligent and insane and you know the joker movie shows you how unique that character can be and how creepy and how almost terrifying it can be to any one of us and and how he came about even though that the joker movie wasn't really in any way connected to the rest of the dcu but i mean it shows you how unique that character can be and by having just one and having him be this larger than life very intelligent yet very terrifying character is what makes him special and like you said, having three, it does cheapen it a little bit, and having 30 really cheapened it for me. <laughs> well, and the three main ones were dubbed the criminal, the clown, and the comedian. Yes. And it was implied the criminal might have been the original one and is potentially the boss of the group. Yeah, he's he's leading the show, uh, for sure. I'm going to say implied, because kind of. it's never... They, they, they have a few comments that, that beg the question. Yeah, that's true. The clown is implied to be the one that killed Jason Todd as Robin. Correct. And comedian, the one that shot Barbara Gordon. Correct. But it always felt to me like the one who killed Jason Todd was the one who shot Barbara Gordon. And those two are similar-ish enough in here that it just... it. I never like it when they take one character and say, no, no, really, it was a whole bunch of people. Because now it's a, well, who was where? Who was that character when? Or, or, you know, how does the timeline play out or whatever? I think all this does is needlessly convolute stuff. And after a four-year-plus build-up of there are three Jokers, are they ever going to deal with this? I mean, this came out in on August 26th of 2020. So a little over four years after the whole concept was was out there. Yep. And it finished on October 28th of 2020. So, it, you know, hit the monthly schedule, no problem. So... We're in, and, and just about two months later, 60 days later, whatever, we go from, and here's some spoilers, three Jokers down to one again. Yeah. <laughs> which begs the question of, what was the point? Yeah, it, it, that was the whole thing that I was wondering, because, okay, here's this cool and crazy concept. There's more than one Joker, but we can't leave that thread hanging, so let's just kill him off in these three issues, which is just weird. Yeah. It just felt like... A wasted exercise almost i mean and and the weirdest thing is you and i were talking before we started recording this story as i was rereading it even though it was two years ago it felt so fresh in my memory like i just read it last week and i don't know why it's fresh in my memory all these things but it's a weird story for this to be the one that i i kind of keyed in on <laughs> and it's it stuck in my memory well we're re- recording this almost two years after the final issue was released. We're doing this on October 18th, 2022, 
So yeah. a little shy of, of two years for that final issue. But what struck me was how much things have changed since this. Very much so. I mean, even the love interest is one thing that just popped out in my head. Well, the the love interest here was out of uh, for for who? Uh, well, it was Barbara and and Jason. Yeah. Barbara and Jason. That was out of the blue and has never been set up kind of before or after. Yeah, that was just weird because it almost was like this tense love thing and they're kissing. And yet at the same time, I think I just read an issue of Nightwing where him and Barbara are kissing. <laughs> well, <laughs> in the span of two years, I've moved on. <laughs> the whole bit with, with Jason and Barbara kissing and stuff just seemed so wrong. It did. Given Barbara's on-again, off-again relationship with Dick Grayson that goes back decades. It, it makes more sense. And where did this come from? It's a very bizarre. It, yeah, it. It raised some weird, almost brother issues between Jason and, and Dick Grayson. Not that Dick Grayson was around in the story at all. One of the other things that really bothered me about this story, if you have multiple Jokers, yeah. that seems like an all-hands-on-deck kind of a situation for the Batman family. And other than Batgirl and, and the Jason Todd Red Hood, none of the rest of the Bat family are even mentioned. Yeah. That, that That is kind of strange. Nobody else showed up. Nobody's assisting. Nobody's giving their input or, or helping out. And, and especially when they're, when they're showing us in the comic that Jokers are attacking different locales. Mm-hmm. And may, maybe we can get some coordination here and get Oracle you know, pushing people off in the right direction. One guy can't be everywhere, or even two guys, or, and two guys and one girl. It's, it's just it, – that was a little well, bit weird. Particularly when the girl is Oracle and she's busy being Batgirl here. I mean, there exactly. are three other Robins, two other Batgirls, a Batwing, Signal, Huntress, Batwoman, and probably a few others that could have been called in, or even if not called in, would have come anyways if they had seen news footage of their multiple credible sightings of the Joker simultaneously. Yeah. I agree. So it was really weird. Another thing, just rereading it the second time, I, I felt like the story morphed because um, first went into it, I, I remember it, you know, like I said, it was fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being the explaining the three jokers and then we're down to one. Okay, what's the point? But then I felt like almost Jeff Johns felt that too. What's the point of this? And so they made the whole Joe Chill and Batman come into peace with the murder and almost like a redemption story in there. So it became a different story that didn't need to have three Jokers in it, I felt like. Well, that that was a subplot. Yeah. And I felt they almost needed to bring Joe Chill in, because at one point, one of the presumed backstories for the Joker was he was Joe Chill. Oh, that yeah, very true. So you've got to address that. And I, I don't know they did a satisfying thing on it. And, and it may seem like I hate the story or something. I don't. I enjoyed it. It's a good read. But the plot and the premise is what I have problems with. The execution, I mean, Jason Fabok did some outstanding art in this. He really did. And other than a few plot points here and there and like the whole lack of the rest of the Bat family and stuff and this being in its isolated bubble of continuity, it feels like Jeff Johns did a really good job on the writing. It's true. Yeah, the story was it was written terrific. The art's fantastic. It just gave off a vibe a little bit at times of like Watchmen-esque with the nine-panel grid. I mean, mm. it, it was a it was a fantastic read. I enjoyed the whole thing. But like you said, there's it's just it was an odd story. Why are we why are we telling this? Yeah, and there are just a couple of things that felt a little gratuitous, particularly at the beginning. 
Okay. You know, we've got the the page, which it's a nine panel, but it's not a flat out grid. But again, Correct. evocative of Watchmen on that. Yeah. We're getting the tour of the Batcave almost. It's like, okay, Batman's hurt. And then we have a couple of pages of showing scars and then on the other panel next to it, how he got the scars. That was uh, quite a bit. <laughs> and it's like, do we need so many pages of that? Yeah, that was about four or five pages. And I was just like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of it. <laughs> Now, did you catch the two odd things right before we get the the slideshow of the scars and stuff? Uh, when we Batman's that? entered the cave, first off, on the one page where he's getting onto the the table for Alfred to help him. Okay. The bat cowl. Now, first off, Batman's suit is is armored. Yeah. We, we know this from various stories. I thought it was hilarious how the cowl, complete with the whole shoulder cape and all that, retains its shape when empty. Yeah, that was kind of funny. <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah. That seems a little uncomfortable to get into. How does that work? Yeah, that would hurt. That looks painful. <laughs> and then Alfred grabs some scissors to cut away the costume. Yeah. The armored costume that's at times bulletproof, can handle all sorts of, you know, as Kevlar or whatever. It's like, h- how does that work? Just pulls out the snipping shears and goes right to town. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get he needs easy, you know, ability to remove it to save Batman's life every other day. But those are the kinds of things that we get. Th- there are two bodies of Bruce Wayne. Yes. There's this one where we want to show just how demolished his body has been over the years, which is a legit take. But then there's the picture-perfect version of Bruce Wayne's that we see almost as often. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen... Batman, you know, lose part of the costume or whatever, particularly when he's overfighting Razagul over in the desert or something like that, and he looks perfectly fine. Yeah, he's ripped and looks looks great. <laughs> yeah, unscarred specifically. Yeah. yeah, and here it's like you cannot look at a square inch of his body without some kind of wound or scar or hole being there. Yeah, yeah, completely different. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah, very true. And then we get in another Watchmen esque thing of of you know, news footage to move the story along. There's a reference to the Joker having appeared decades ago, according to the newscast. Yeah. And I dug up my notes from the Monthly Comic Spotlight, and, you know, when I read them and, and put new notes together for this, and both times, I'm like, decades ago. That that seems too long. <laughs> Almost two decades ago? Yeah, sure, no problem. But decades ago, again, plural, so it's at least two decades, probably three how old is Bruce at this point? How young was he? How long has he been Batman? This implies 25-plus years, maybe? Yeah. it's you're, you're thinking of a 60-year-old Joker, at least, by this point. Or a 21-year-old one who's, you know, 18th generation or something. It's, it's something like that, yeah. He's been recycled. <laughs> if there's the, I'm getting older, but you're always so young kind of thing that gone over over the years, that might have been fun. But they never set up this whole Joker factory concept. They did. So to retcon it in kind of bothers me. It does. And I, and I still don't know the purpose of that because by looking at those 30 and they almost talked about them like they had expired at some point. When did this happen? Who, who, who took them out? You know, I saw them as they were the current crop to see if any would survive and become a Joker. Okay. Not that they were past jokers past that... jokers at all yeah okay i took it as they were past jokers because they, they had some weird names i just flipped to that page as the well, third the chapter dentist, the judge the, the, the judge yeah, yeah the babysitter i'm like this is weird <laughs> well and it's funny because that means batman was able to identify them enough to find out what their vocation was to give them those names yep 
Yet, typically, such as when we get to Ace Chemicals, and Batman is looking over those guys, those victims, and it's like, well, we're not going to be able to use dental records because, you know, the thing distorted their jaw and stuff. The chemicals destroyed the fingerprints, corrupted the DNA, so we can't use DNA testing. In other words, there's no way to identify who these three victims were. Yeah. Now, Batman is doing what appears to be a decent look over of these three guys and doesn't notice one of them still alive until he starts laughing later. Weird. Yeah. And this is one of those things that a lot of writers have the, well, how can he do this? He's Batman. It's like, come on, guys. And this is one, this is a story that's very much playing into the I'm Batman, I can do anything mentality. Yet he couldn't even tell one of these guys was still alive? Very weird. Yeah, I I, I thought that was bizarre, too. That was just off. Off for me. Still wasn't the most bizarre thing in this this issue for me. Yeah. How did you like the ending of the entire story where we find out that Bruce Wayne has known who the Joker is basically the entire time and and knows his family? And and we're left on a, but we're not going to tell you. There were a couple of things at that tail end sequence that I felt needed to be explained better because it didn't seem like Bruce Wayne or Batman had anything to do with the wife's relocation, yet he knew about it, knew where he wor- where she was, and all that kind of a thing. Yep. I was also starting to feel that all of this could have been a setup for the Joker, the original Joker, whichever it was, for whatever reason, may have thought his family was still alive, and this was all planned to find his family by following Batman or Bruce Wayne. Ah, ah, okay, all right, interesting. And there's reason to think, mainly because the Joker flat out says, he knows Batman is Bruce Wayne. Exactly. Which is another thing I don't think they should have done in this series. That that threw me for a loop, because I was like, okay, th- that seems like something that could definitely hamper things in the future <laughs> for Bruce Wayne, Batman. This guy's a psycho. He's gonna, it's gonna slip out. It's gonna come out. You know? He says it won't, because it takes all the fun out, but... But come on. And I'm fine with them leaning up to the line of does he know, does he not know, and it not being clear, but to flat out say, yep, I know, it kind of bothered me. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of weird. So there were, like you said, it was bizarre because I remember the story. I loved the art. I thought it was told so well. And yet there were certain things in there that I really didn't like. That being one of them, you know, the ending of the story, I didn't care for it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I hate being left on that cliffhanger. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. And, and we as a readership will never know who the Joker is. We're never going to tell you, but by the way, he knows who Bruce Wayne is. <laughs> and it's just it, it just came off as a little bit wrong. But does it matter what the Joker's name was before he was the Joker? I guess it really doesn't. You know, they could tell us his name is Tom Tom Smith and he went here. But it, it seems like it could have been something that if I was Bruce Wayne and I knew this guy's background, maybe you could dig into it cuz they've always they even alluded to it. He's a nobody. You know, if you knew who it was, it wouldn't matter. But maybe you could know something about this guy's background, knowing who he is and going into details, maybe hideouts, maybe where he grew up as a child, things like that. Stuff like that you'd think would matter. And and we're never going to be told that because they'd have to tell us the other things. Well, I, I think this story indicates who he was, who a Joker was before he was the Joker doesn't matter because whatever this process is, it just totally messes him up. It, it breaks him down and rebuilds him as the Joker. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. So I... And there's no semblance of the person that they were before, essentially. Other than he would remember his wife if 
So if that got out, he could definitely go after them. Yeah, I guess. I I don't know. I don't know. It's weird there. You know what I mean? It's like, so he must know. <laughs> he must have some attachment to that past. But at the same time, it, we're also sp- supposed to think it doesn't matter. So it's weird. Well, it was the prime Joker, or more accurately, the original Red Hood, yeah. that Batman knew who was. Yeah. Now, I will tell you in this, how how did it strike you or how did what happened with Jason Todd? Because Jason Todd has the most traumatic thing ever that happened to him out of any of the Bat characters, probably. I, I mean, you could argue Bruce Wayne seeing his parents, but Jason Todd was, was killed. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Violently killed. Yeah. So his what happened in here, how did that sit with you? It played into the way they set up this version of Jason Todd. And I say that because the original one, his parents were killed by, I think it was Killer Croc. Okay. Totally different backstory and all that sort of a thing. And that character never really lasted long enough to get as messed up as this one. This one started out as a bad egg, had bad things happen to him, and then got killed violently by the Joker. So him being messed up, yeah, I get it. Him doing some of the things he did, particularly towards the Jokers and stuff, and him being kind of hell-bent on, on stopping the problem, I get and I don't have a problem with. However, the relationship they have between Jason and Barbara here didn't play for me at all, and it seems to run very counter to what we've seen of those two before, yeah. and also I think Jason's relationship with Dick Grayson, which I think is generally fairly good. Yeah, I, I would agree. I will tell you the two, my two favorite things that did happen in this story was I felt like Jason Todd got some, I, I hate to say it like this, but almost like a semblance of uh, therapy, therapeutic vengeance. <laughs> certainly got some catharsis or whatever out of that. Yeah, catharsis. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I felt good for him because of that. And I liked the, the situation that they were placed in where the strain, you know, basically Batgirl and Batman would be pulled into the whole situation if they went after Jason. I like that. I like that angle. It was really kind of cool. So it worked for me. And yeah, then they, but he's able to kill somebody and, and there are no repercussions. None, which is so, it's odd. Yeah, you, you feel something should happen to him. But at the same time, I'm glad nothing did because I'm like, he went Punisher. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and, and, that, and if I look at, I, I like to think I'm a better person, but I, I think if that was me, I might have gone Punisher at that point. <laughs> I, I can understand him. I can relate to the character because I'm like someone and he just beat me over the head again. You know, mm-hmm. this guy's trying to kill me multiple times. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking him out if I get the chance. I'm not trying to put him in Arkham. And it's not just that the Joker did that to Jason. Yeah. And it was like a one-off thing or something, at which point it's, it's like, okay. That's, it's also Barbara. Yeah. Well, it, not only that, it's like all of Gotham repeatedly. It, it's so many people. And how, how many times are we going to lock this guy up and let him leave? Domestic terrorist to the extreme is what the Joker is. So the final solution kind of aspect and stuff, I'm not saying I condone it and stuff, but I I can get where a character particularly like Jason Todd, given all he's gone through, particularly at the hand of the Joker and stuff, I can see where he he, he goes down that path. Exactly. He's like the anti-hero or the gray gray hero there, the hero Mm -hmm. that lives in the gray. And I can get behind it, but at the same time, it's it's a very dark take on superheroes. <laughs> so it, that, it, it, but it did work for me, and I, I I did like it. What did you think of Jason leaving the letter for Barbara? I liked the letter. I I thought it was was good. I'm trying to remember what the heck the letter said because right now it's escaping me. But it did work for me. It's basically, uh, if if you give me a chance, I'll give up being the Red Hood for you. 
that okay now that part was was a little bit weird because it got very that emotional thing it's just because i'm reading nightwing and i know the past with these characters it it, it came up bizarre and also it, it, he's been a killer because of this he's been impacted because of this it's not something that you think you could just turn off because i got butterflies in my stomach i can see jason being interested in barbara yes i can but i think he's also got to realize barbara really has never been interested in him Whereas, I mean, definitely in, is in Dick Grayson and such. So it, it seems like a fool's errand to go down that path. But then to to leave the I'll, I'll give all this up for you kind of letter, Weird. tape it to the door, it immediately falls off. And it's got a, if you want to just disavow this, this you know, letter, and pretend you never got it, I'll understand. Which, of course, she's going to do because she never got the letter. Yep. Now, what bothered me about all of this was not only does he put it up and in the span of, what, two panels, it falls down, making it feel like it's, like, shortly after he left, like minutes, maybe. Yeah. Falls on the ground, immediately, two panels later, it's getting swept up. Yep. Boom, boom. It's, it looks like a, a Joker-type character sweeping well, it Well, did you read the back of the, the, the overalls? I, I was trying to make it out. What does it say? Fun time cleaners. Oh, my God. So it's, yeah. <laughs> Oh, he doesn't want him to be happy. Is this the Joker that's the janitor? It could be. Maybe another janitor Joker. This is the second Joker running around. I, I That whole bit didn't work for me at all. Yep. I did notice it was like the Joker's color. I'm like, this looks like a Joker type, mm-hmm. but I couldn't make it out. I was like squinting, looking at it. I didn't have my glasses on. <laughs> Magnifying glasses help too sometimes. Yeah. So I don't know what they were trying to do on that page. It totally didn't work for me. It opens it up to another Joker or a, a henchman or some type. Well, or a plot line somebody else may try to do between Barbara and Jason that just shouldn't be done. Yeah, and four years from now they're going to reference this, and who knows? Who knows? If it will be on three more DC universes past where we're at now, probably <laughs> by then. I, I did like how this series did explain one or two things about Gotham. Okay, which things? Like how people escape from Blackgate so easily. Oh, yeah, I did like that. In issue two, Batman is going to see, uh, I think it was Joe Chill, and he just kicks the door right in of the prison cell. Boom. And I'm like, if all it takes is a good swift kick, no wonder they're getting out of here so often. (laughs) But everything apparently is is built poorly in Gotham. Yeah. Because when we see Barbara and she's running on one of the trail mills at the local gym. Everything breaks. uh, She's always breaking them down. I'm like, wait, why is she at a local gym? Doesn't she have her own equipment? And I am certain one of the Flashes could hook her up with a durable treadmill. Yeah. It's like everything's apparently shoddy in the city. Everything's built very low quality. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we even get a reference to it in the last couple of pages right before the note goes on the door where she's running next to a broken treadmill that she's apparently wiped out. Yeah, that was kind of funny. she's got a a very clear history of doing this at this gym because they mentioned at the beginning of oh another one why don't they kick her out yeah yeah you would think so (laughs) now again there there are things i like about this story but there's also a couple of things that just i I don't know didn't work no the the other thing i like beside the jason todd and i already kind of mentioned it was the joe chill line which you know is explained and yeah because he might have been a joker but i thought it was very kind of Cool, and I think it would be therapeutic for for Bruce because here's a person who went to kill his parents and and thought very poorly of him because they've got everything, I've got nothing, you know. 
and I'll take them out, you know, these these spoiled rich people, and didn't know their son was there, and found out later how good those people were that he murdered. And it felt so bad that he had written mul- a multitude of letters and never felt like it was enough to send it to say he was sorry. And, and, and to see Bruce in turn almost forgive him by pulling him out of the way of uh, the, the brick wall when it was falling and stuff and saying, and literally saying, you know, I, it's okay. You know, th- I, I felt like that's something that could have changed the character to not be so dark in the future if they wanted to. Yeah. But when he then goes as Bruce Wayne and does seem to forgive Joe Chill and stuff in the hospital yeah. and stuff, and it looks like a, a nice hospital, like maybe Bruce is paying for the treatment or something. Yeah, it looked really nice. <laughs> but doesn't that undercut the entire Batman character if he's doing all of this out of vengeance for the death of his parents, yet now he's forgiving the, the killer and it's all right. It's, it's okay. That's where I was like, it, I felt like this should be more impactful and maybe that was the real story and why did nothing happen with that because yeah he's no longer the dark knight he's no longer the vigilante maybe he's a force for good i mean yeah you're going to destroy batman at that point and people love the story but you you think that moment would have a bigger impact and it break the character of this brooding person who's so angry about his parents being taken from him i felt like that was addressed and, and yet it wasn't addressed nothing happened There are no repercussions of this, and it seems like this should have taken us back to almost the 80s-era Batman, who could crack a smile and was actually a, I don't say reasonably well-adjusted guy, but yeah, kinda. It it feels like he should be more like Nightwing at this point, moving forward. Mm -hmm. And just just being like, I'm okay, but I still want to help people. I want to help the people of Gotham. And by the the way... The I'm pain not... and the anger is gone, but the, the desire to do good is still there. Exactly. So I'm not the miserable character. I'm I'm not the black, you know, dark knight. I'm the silver knight, whatever you want to call him, you know? Mm-hmm. But where he almost changes, is, and there's a metamorphosis of the character into a real character of good and not brooding and just misery. Yeah. And, and so, I, I, which is weird. I know a lot of people wouldn't have liked that, but it felt like this was the moment to do it if they wanted to do it. And it's, And instead, it's almost like this didn't happen. Well, you know what would have been a hilarious thing for them to have done? Yeah, what's that? Go from the Dark Knight to the Silver Knight kind of a thing, and actually almost tint the costume a little, and go from, instead of it being a, a grayish blue that's supposed to be, you know, black or whatever, now it's starting to literally be a little brighter and such. And as you're taking Superman down this almost Nightwing path, take Superman down a dark path. That would have been hilarious. Oh my gosh. That would have been awesome. kind of flip, and not for too long. Yeah, but for a while. For long enough for them to realize, this is weird. <laughs> that would have been Have cool. Batman being the, the one inspiring hope and all of that, and, and Superman being a little more vengeful and stuff, and them coming to terms with, that's not you, this isn't me. Yeah, exactly. You, you could have almost turned him into a Captain America type character, you know, people mm-hmm. that are cheering for him and stuff. and. Instead of just in a dark alley, and yeah, at the same time, the Superman, you could have gone a different way, and then this isn't who we are, and, and kind of go back to the tried and true and what people really enjoy, but it would have been cool because I felt like there was this moment here, and it felt powerful, and yet it's so powerful, it did absolutely jack as far as the story's yeah, going forward. Yeah, it didn't forward. change a damn thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> we're here two years after all of this. Yeah. I don't think they've done any sort of follow-up to the story. I don't Nothing. think they've dealt with any implications of it, and I don't think any of the characters have changed at all from this. 
Yeah, and it's really a shame because it, it is a good read. And mm-hmm. uh, if you were looking for a Halloween book, something you could read, and I wouldn't say it's Halloween themed, but it's you know a, a kind of a scary book, and cool things happen, and it's it's very graphic without being gory. So, yes. which I appreciate. It. I mean, it, it, sometimes they make it graphic and grotesque. This one wasn't, but it, it was still very impactful the way he, they did the art. Yeah, I mean, it's a good read. It's not a perfect story. No. But in terms of, I was going to say canonical Joker stories, but I don't feel this is that. But in terms of almost iconic Joker stories, this is definitely one I would I would recommend. It's like, oh, I want to read a Batman story with Joker and stuff. This is a good one to read. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would enjoy this, even if you don't have a long you know, history with the characters other than maybe seeing a few movies. So. I think you're almost better off not having a long history with the character. Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> if you've got, if you're a regular reader of Batman and Detective and stuff, and have a long history, you're going to be like me, wondering where is everybody else. Yeah. If you've only got a cursory kind of a thing of you, you know who the Joker is from the movies or the cartoon, or having read a couple of comics here and there, I think you can go into this, know the key players, and and have a great time. Oh yeah, I, there's people that I know who've seen the Joker movie and they've seen some Batman movies. If I handed this to them and they they never read comics and they read this, they'd be like, oh my gosh, is this going to be like the Joker sequel? There's more than one? Wow! You know, they would have been like, really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it, someone with a long-term history, you're asking, where are the rest of the Bat family? Why? How did this happen? <laughs> how do we not know? Yeah, so it, it, I definitely think this is new reader very friendly. Generally, I would agree with that. I mean, if I was going to sit somebody down to read this, I'd give them maybe a handful of things if they were willing to read before this. Oh, yeah. The Killing Joke. Well, The Killing Joke would be in there, certainly. Yeah, Death in the Family. Death in the Family would be in there. I would go back to, like, one or two of the, like, when the Joker did the bit with the smiling fish and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a key story from the 70s or wherever. I'd also go for a good retelling of how he was the Red Hood and became the Joker. Yeah. Start with that and just kind of go chronologically and stuff and just, again, hit the highlights. And then that would be more impactful to them. They'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, it make more sense, some of the stuff. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, everyone's seen, I say everyone, but most people have seen the origin of Batman. So they don't need the whole background on Joe Chill and all that. I think that's pretty much standard knowledge at this point. I don't know, I'd actually start with a story that did the, the, the death of the Waynes and specifically on Joe Chill and, and stuff like that. I'm not sure off the top of my head what issue that would be or whatever, but if you start with that to set up Batman and Joe Chill, otherwise they're going to be like, who is this character? Yeah. (laughs) And another that implies he may have been the Joker at one point. You know, that gives you that context, but really that's about all you need. And I think you almost need to avoid the setup of Nightwing, the other two Robins, the other two Batgirls, and some of that other stuff that that I guess they felt was clutter for this story. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I thought it was also interesting. This was one of the Black Label titles when that Black Label was still a thing. I, I don't think it, it, it's a thing anymore. It, it didn't, I, there's not a lot of cursing in here, and there wasn't a lot of really graphic, graphic violence. I mean, there's violence, and it's, it's not like something you want to give to a, you know, eight-year-old oh, it's, or it's a 10-year-old. It's not an all-ages book. Yeah. But, but it it's wasn't not a that, gore fest either. Yeah, I, I didn't feel like it was rated R. It's more like a PG-13. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of surprised that it got the Black Label moniker, you know? I never understood what the Black Label moniker was. Yeah. At first I thought it was big magazines, and then they started coming out in regular-sized comics, and I just gave up. 
it's all <laughs> sorts of different sizes and stuff. It's is it in continuity? Is it not? And this clearly is is spinning out of things that were from continuity books. So if it's out of continuity, that means we've never gotten a follow up to what was teased in Justice League fifty back in in twenty sixteen, and yep. that's kind of unsatisfying. If it's in continuity, why hasn't anything become of this? Yeah, nothing. Almost like the story didn't happen. I think they'd have been better off doing this as maybe a five or six issue, because this is extra long page count too, but keep the page count the way it was. Add a few more issues, add in the other players in the Batman family. Yeah, that would have been really cool. I would have enjoyed it. I am curious now. This was Jeff Johns, and Jeff Johns did leave DC for a while and did some other you know, things, indie projects and things like that. Now that he's coming back with the dawn of the DCU, I'm curious if he'll revisit something in this vein. And that, that's a possibility. He had hinted at one point that there was a follow-up story that he and Jason Fabok were, were thinking about working on that plays out of one of these epilogues or whatever. So we could get something maybe next year, and I would be excited about that. I, or I the think year after that, or five years after that, or you know. <laughs> Yeah, it could be 10 years from now. Who knows? <laughs> but given all of this was was playing out around the time of Rebirth, or set up back then, I should say, playing out many years later, it almost felt like there were, and maybe still are, competing versions or visions of the DC Universe yeah. from whatever Dan Didio had, whatever Jeff John had, whatever either Jim Lee had, or maybe there's a Mark Wade version these days, or Joshua Williams or whatever. I mean... We're lacking a clear, creative vision who's in charge at DC to get us things like this fast enough after they're set up that it's not a, hey, remember this story point from five years ago? Which is just unsatisfying. Yeah, I I agree with you. And and, and by that point, the continuity and the whole book has moved, the universe has moved so far beyond then that it's almost, it's so difficult to go back and revisit that that thread and say, oh yeah, remember five years ago when there was some resolution and and batman was feeling good about himself well now we want to now we want to change it five years down the road people are gonna be like what what are you talking about (laughs) two years after this alfred has died yeah he's dead now barbara and and dick grayson are very much together yep you know those are two definite plot point not plot point differences but status quo changes since this yep and that's just yeah I, i don't know yeah, it, it's almost like you, you can't revisit this, even though it feels like it should be revisited. So then it's like, okay, if we revisit it, are we going to make it out of continuity? And, and and that's where it's weird. It's weird. Well, you can, but do you address Alfred having died for a while? Is he back in the story? Is he not? Does the whole bit with Jason having feelings for Barbara come back? And what does Dick Grayson have to think about it? What is, I would just like to know what the other Robins of Tim Drake and Damien would have to say about it, too. Yeah, an epiphany right there. You could have made Batman very positive and like almost like, do you remember when Bendis was writing Batman? He was real happy-go-lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you could have had that Batman going on for a while. And then Alfred dies and he goes dark again. That would have been a perfect time to yeah. oh, brought back all those feelings. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, the, the Batman that I felt almost could have come out of this is very much, again, that happy-go-lucky uh, 70s, late 70s, early 80s version of batman yeah it would have been really cool i that's what's the time to do it and it felt like nothing happened and that that, that's where i felt like they dropped the ball something should happen from that it comes from them not having a solid game plan for their universe and their major characters unfortunate but hey jeff johns is coming back and i'm hoping 
whoever the publisher is in the future, <laughs> or the, the editor-in-chief or whoever, is a good person who has a good vision. Well, and I think Jeff Johns has some great ideas. He really does. And I think if he'd had the chance to play this out sooner and let it play out however he envisioned it playing out, we might have been very happy. And yeah. again, I enjoyed this. There are just a couple of things that are easy to poke holes at and say, you know, hey, hang on a sec. Exactly. That That's the weird thing. It's because you see those holes, but at the same time, it's a really good story. Yeah. And, and that's the weird part here. So read it. You'll enjoy it. But expect some questions at the end <laughs> after you're done. Expect a lot of questions, I think. Yeah. Especially if you know a lot about DC. Yeah. The more I you know th- about it, I think the more questions you're going to have. Yes, I would agree. You probably have more questions than I do. And I had questions and I'm not that far along. Yeah. But entertaining read. Yeah. And terrific art. Yeah, the art is amazing. Jason Fabok, I wish was doing more over. At D- what is he doing these days? I mean, I don't even doing know what he's DC doing lately. Yeah, I-, I have no clue what he's doing. You're, you're making me going on the online just to see if he's what the heck is he doing? I mean, as good as the artist on Dark Crisis has been, this is the kind of caliber I'd have put on it. Yeah, it looks like he's doing covers and stuff. He's doing a um, a cover for Todd McFarlane and uh, Greg Capullo's Spawn. You know, he's yeah, he's not doing a lot, just doing. Some sketches and covers, it looks like. Well, maybe but, Jeff hey, Johns can get him back for a sequel to this. Get him back, Jeff, please. We need Batman, him. the next three Jokers. Yeah! <laughs> Let's do all 30 next time. Yeah, something like that. Don't don't say that. They'll do it. <laughs> that picture was put in there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. Anything else? No, nah, that does it for me. All right, cool. Recording clips for the preview Spotlight episodes is easy, and we've got an open submission policy for these episodes. Please send in clips to support the comics you love as often as you can. If you'd like to get email reminders for the preview Spotlight episodes, you can join the emailing list on the main page of the comicbookpage.com website. The deadline is typically the second Saturday of the month at 9am. Check the main page of the website for more information and the exact deadline for the next preview Spotlight. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.